Welcome to the RedX Real Estate Podcast. Here, you'll discover how to create stability and opportunity for your business with tips, tricks, habits, and hacks from top performing agents. If you'd like to receive notifications for new episodes, be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you like to listen. And for even more updates on eBooks, webinar trainings, and other useful real estate content, head over to theredx.com slash blog and click on any blog post to sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Thanks for listening. Now sit back and enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the Red X Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Haley Johnson. We have a very special guest with us. We have Liselle L. Taylor. How are you doing, Liselle? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. We've been talking pre-show. I feel like we're best friends already. So absolutely besties, okay? <laughs> awesome. Well, this is going to be a great episode, everybody. We're talking about how to go from single agent to team leader to broker. So, so um, oh, I'm getting a little feedback, but we're okay. All right. Liselle, let's let's get started. I do want to tell the audience that this is a participatory event. So if you're watching live, please ask your questions for Liselle. We've got it for the next half hour. So um, be wonderful to get all, all of your questions. Um, also, if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, please go to theredx.com forward slash podcast. Put your email in and you'll get updates every single time we have an episode. So super fun stuff. All right. Let's get started. Lisa, if for people that don't know who you are, could okay. you give us just a little brief introduction, a um, little info about you? Absolutely. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Red X Podcast. And thank <laughs> you for joining us today. I hope I can share a bunch of information, and I'm giving you guys real life stories, not made up, okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so my name is Lucille Taylor. I am originally from Trinidad. So when you hear the accent, that's where I'm from, originally from Trinidad. Um, I actually started in real estate in 2012, okay, as a single agent. And then um, luckily, my business grew quickly because I was very heavy into referrals. So my clients loved me, so they kept referring me. And then I got my husband to help me out in 2015. He got his license and joined me in this real estate journey. Um, I was actually dual a dual career agent when I first started. So 2012 to 2015, I was a dual career. And then my husband and I both quit our jobs and went full force. And that's how the team started, which we're going to talk about a little bit. Um, but yes, I'm blessed. Um, you know, the team grew quickly. Our business grew. And we're going to dive deep into how I'm here today as a managing broker of my own company. So amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah. 2012, I mean, that I guess that's 10 years ago, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> it feels like it wasn't that long ago, but <laughs> goes by fast. So, so talk to me a little about that. So you, your dual career. Mm -hmm. And what was it your husband coming into the business as well that made you feel like, okay, yeah, I can, I can quit my day job and I can go full into real estate or like, what? tell me about that. Um, like I said, I'm going to give you all the realty. Honestly, <laughs> what happened is that I started making more money in real estate than my own full-time job. That was the crazy part. Um, so I'll never forget. I went to a coaching class. And um, the coach was specifically talking to agents who had a full-time job. And, you know, one of his questions was like, write down how much you make in your full-time job. So, you know, I was excited. I wrote down, 
85,000 because, you know, that was a lot of money back then. And then he was like, okay, we're in July. How much did you make in commissions? And then when I thought about it, I was like at 120,000 in July. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) So that was kind of the aha moment that I had that, huh, maybe it is time to start having that conversation with my husband about transitioning full-time into real estate. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I will share with everyone, I've been blessed in that I've always had an entrepreneurial husband where he doesn't care about a nine to five. So he was like, okay, do it. <laughs> we have money in the bank. You'll be all right. So yeah. and then I also had a good pipeline. I think when I left my job, I had about 8 million in pending contracts mm-hmm. um, at the time I left. So we wow. had my savings. I had 8 million in pending. So that's when we felt comfortable about me quitting my job. And then he had just gotten his license. And the blessing in that was that I was very buyer heavy as a single agent. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't share, I also have a son, a 12 year old. So back then he was around two-ish and I wanted to spend more time with him. And I couldn't because I was so buyer heavy. I was always out showing buyers houses. Right. So once he got his license, I basically dumped, I think I had like 12 pre-approved buyers. I dumped all of them in his lap and was like, yeah, you take over these buyers. And my focus will be to build out the listing side of the business. So that was our plan. And that's when the husband and wife team, because we started off as a husband and wife team officially started. So that is awesome. I love that. So we have, I mean, there's a lot of people that are part-time agents Mm -hmm. and to take that leap, it's kind of scary, right? Like it was scary as hell. (laughs) (laughs) So for somebody that is like thinking about making that jump or like, do you have any advice that you would give like where they should be at in their real estate career? Um, I know it's probably different for everybody, but just give us, yeah, a little bit of advice or tidbits that you think would be beneficial. I love that. That's great. The one thing, the one thing I do want to share is I can't believe the biggest reason that was holding me back from going full-time in my career was benefits. And I think a lot of us, yes, because of healthcare benefits, you know, at our job. And I worked for, I was a senior accountant for one of the larger nonprofits in the Washington DC area. Or I think forget I am in the Washington DC area. And our benefits are amazing, okay? Healthcare benefits, dental, you know, the health spending accounts, um, (laughs) plus the bonuses that you get. So that was actually the biggest hurdle to me quitting my job. Because even in having the conversation with my husband, I was like, well, what about benefits? And he's like, your commission check will cover a whole year of benefits. We'll just have to pay for it ourselves. So that's the one, and I'm saying that to say that's the one thing we have to get past when you're a dual career, because all of my friends, all of us who are very successful in real estate, we all have the same story where we share it was our benefits that stopped us from taking that mm-hmm. leap and going forward. And I want to definitely share with you guys, you can pay for your benefits with one commission check. I pay for my benefits for the entire year for myself and my family with one commission check. Another thing I want to share is definitely have at least six months of savings um, to cover your household bills, you know, your mortgage, your car notes, whatever it is in your household that goes on. And that was another thing that happened with me with my job in that actually when 
everything started happening, I was blessed in that they were actually going through a reorg where they were getting ready to lay off a bunch of people. So I was blessed to get a severance package that helped buffer the savings that my husband. Very nice. <laughs> so it was then, and I mean, they were offering, I was there for about 10 years and they were offering, you know, um, one, um, what was it? Two, two years salary for every one year of service. Cause they really wanted to, I know I made up like a bandit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that definitely helped with the savings. Um, and of course get support. The biggest thing is having support from your spouse. Cause I don't think I would have jumped out there if I didn't have the amount of support from my spouse and mm -hmm. my family. Cause it's very scary. I mean, your job is your security blanket. Cause you know, every two weeks, that paycheck is going to show up in there whether you work or not. Mm -hmm. And I think what else have helped me, guys, and I'm from the Caribbean because I called my father in Trinidad and I was like, Dad, I can't believe I'm about to quit my job. And he was like, why are you worried? You guys are educated. You have degrees. Mm -hmm. You're specialists in your field. If it doesn't work, you can always go and get another job. And I was like... Thank you, Daddy. I think that's the push that really did it because he's right. If it didn't work out, I could go get another job. So mm. I love that mindset that he had that it wasn't about like, oh, what could go wrong? Mm -hmm. It was like, no, you're capable. Yeah. So go and do it. And if worse comes to worse, like, there will be other jobs. I love that. Yeah. And I think that's good for people to hear um, who maybe not might not have a dad who would say that, but um, <laughs> also just like to have the confidence that, that if you put the work in, you'll be successful. And I kind of want to talk about that. Like mm -hmm. when you did make the switch and, and you were, you were pretty successful even before you quit your job, right? I'm in real fine. estate. Yeah, I was, I was doing so, a lot of business. I really was. Which is awesome. So tell us a little bit about that. How did you get business? What was your, I mean, you just, did you just work with your sphere of influence? Like talk to me a little bit about that. In the beginning, it was heavy. Well, actually, um, funny story was my sphere of influence was my husband's friends. Because as I mentioned, oh. I'm in that originally. Yeah, that's true. So I sold houses to my husband's friends and he re and his friends referred their friends to me. So I was very heavy into a referral um, this basis. Mm -hmm. um, I was also that agent. And I still do it to this day out of habit that once I got you on the contract, I would consistently ask for referrals at least three times throughout the process. So once mm -hmm. I got you on the contract, I'm asking for a referral. And of course, when I started, it was a buyer's market. There's nothing like it is today. Right. <laughs> um, and then once we negotiated inspections and I got the buyers, everything they wanted, I asked for a referral again because they'd be like, oh, I'll think about it. I'm like, girl, did you get my referral yet? You know, my baby need milk. You know, and I'd make it fun. I wouldn't just be like, oh, who do you know wants to buy or sell and invest? You know, I always, I always try to make it fun. I'd be like, girl, you know, I got a toddler and that Similac is not cheap. Who you got for me? You know, I always try to make it fun and engaging with my clients. So once on the contract, once when I negotiated repairs and at the closing table, if they didn't have a referral for me, I'm looking at them side eye because I'd be like, I got you all this closing help. I negotiated the hell out this deal. And you don't have one friend that wants to buy or sell a house. And that would kind of be like, you know what, girl, I got somebody for you. So usually mm -hmm. I would say 60, 40, I would have a referral waiting for me by the time I got to closing. So amazing. Yeah. So from there, um, once I went full time, 
um, my coach shared with me that we can't re um, rely fully on a referral business. I have to start getting more proactive in going after business. Mm -hmm. So the coach I had back then, he was big into cold calling. So that's familiar. And that's <laughs> here with Red X um, <laughs> because then. And remember earlier I shared that once my husband came on board, I dumped all the buyers on him and I had to focus on getting listings. Right. So that's where Red X came into play in that that's when I started, you know, doing expired and fizzles because that was my rule. That was the trade-off. My husband said, okay, I'll work these buyers, but you need to get our listing business up and running. Mm. So from then, that's when I really, I'm big on cold calling. That's my thing. I really wish I was on social media, like how my friends are getting amazing businesses off of social media. But if you talk to me, I'm a cold caller. I actually like making the phone calls. I'm not excited about it, but the reason I like making those phone calls, um, and once again, it's just a mindset. Because mm -hmm. I know people are on here like, what does she mean she likes cold calling? I don't love it. <laughs> know this keywords. I like it. I don't love it. Um, I, it, I make it funny that when I call an expired or a physical, I laugh because I know they're frustrated that their house didn't sell or they've gotten phone calls before me. And if they want to hang up the phone, I just think it's entertaining because I'm like, why are you mad at me? It's your house that didn't sell. I'm just trying to help you. You know what I mean? So I've made it into a joke in order to get into that mindset that allows me to get up every day and get on the phone and deal with the, those type of situations. Mm. So I know I'm talking a lot. I hope I'm sharing some good No, ideas. this is perfect. I think this is awesome because I love that you mentioned that you you had to be proactive, that your coach told you that you needed to be proactive. And I think, I mean, we talk about that all the time because Red X is all about uh, going and finding business because if if you're proactive about your listings and you're prospecting, no matter what, what you're prospecting, it could be, like you said, expires or FISBOs or circle prospecting or you know, a bunch of other ways um, to prospect. If you're doing that, then you are building your business. It's It'll be more consistent instead okay. of waiting for people to come to you, right? And you can go and find as many listings as you want to be on the phone for. And so, yeah, so this is, that's great. I, I want to say also that not everybody, like you said, I, I think we, we compare prospecting to like maybe going to the gym. Mm -hmm. where I mean maybe people do love going to the gym but a lot of the times like <laughs> yeah like for you and me maybe um it's hard it's it's and it's a grind and you have to get up and you have to motivate yourself and you have to have the right mindset similarly mm -hmm. to prospecting and we were kind of talking about how agents get into the business and they're like oh this is this is going to be hard it's Actually, so much work yeah <laughs> and it is it, it's hard but if you if you put in the work You'll see, okay. you'll see benefits down the road. So I think this is awesome to hear your story and how you are successful and you found what works. So I want to hear a little bit, like, did you build a team after? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to hear about that. Of course. And the one thing about prospecting expires, you know, we kind of have to set a little bit of expectations, Haley, because yeah. I think some people feel that as soon as they pick up the phone and start dialing, like the listings are just going to fall out the sky. No. Right. When they say this is definitely a marathon, it really is a marathon. Because for me, I know my averages is about 200 calls every week to get one listing appointment. So also, you know, you have to build into your momentum, see how many calls you have to make consistently in order to set an appointment. So 
But I definitely want to set expectations is that it's not as soon as you pick up the book. Oh, you may be lucky yes. where the first call you get, the person's like, yeah, come to my house. But yeah, I've heard, I've heard stories like that, but most of the time, I think I was talking to somebody on the sales team. Somebody called in after making five calls and was like, this doesn't work for me, which yeah. is, is, you know, like you got to put in a little bit more to see the actual benefits. We always say like, try it for three months. And you need to consistently do it. I mean, it's it's like working out, like, and that's why it's a great analogy. Exactly. It's, so that's why I wanted to make sure I yeah. put that out there. So everybody's not like, oh, let me just get on the phone. And it just <laughs> you may be the blessed one, and I wish it does happen for you, but realistically, like Haley said, at least three months consistently every day for at least two hours a day. Or baby step it, start off at 30 minutes, go to an hour, you know, just baby step it until you feel more comfortable and, you know, get versed at making these calls. Exactly. Exactly. So I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> Good. Thank you. Thanks for, for setting expectations. That's important. <laughs> All right. Now you're saying how did we get into the team aspect? Yes. So one of the things that happened for us to get into the team is that, um, we realized because of our intention. So um, like I said, my husband's job was to take care of the buyers. And he was also responsible for building out our buyer business, like um, improving the systems, the tools, just the service we were providing to our buyers mm -hmm. overall. And my responsibility was to build, list, build out the listing business, get more listings, build out the systems and the tools. So since we're both intentional and we kept our business separate because everyone always wonders, how could you work with your husband? We kept them separate. We we only helped each other if somebody had to go get our baby or something like that. But right. he stayed buyers, I stayed sellers. So that's mm -hmm. one thing I definitely want to share. Um, the team came into play in that he and I actually started getting burnt out because we were really bringing in a lot of business and we realized we needed help. And the key indicators were like... Um, the referrals that we had because we're bringing in so much business. So our clients who worked with us and loved us, they will call us and be like, I sent Haley, I'll just use you. I sent Haley to you and she said you haven't called in two days. And they were like, but we know that's not you because you're normally responsive. So we started noticing our response time was starting to drop. Mm -hmm. And even our customer service level, because we were dropping the ball on some things. And that's because we were just overworked and we just we just needed help. So officially, um, well, actually when my husband joined me, I already had a transaction coordinator in place. Mm -hmm. So once we got to that point, the next hire we did have was an EA. And her job was just to manage our database, you know, take the phone calls, um, make sure my husband and I went on our appointments when we were supposed to go to closings, just make sure stuff was ready for closing, our clothing binders, our gifts were ordered. And then once we got to that point with the leads, um, that's when we actually started hiring buyer's agents to service the leads that were coming in. So that's basically how we started growing out the team. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing for us was ideally building out the leverage portion and the foundation portion meaning the systems and the tools that our team members would use because we just didn't want to bring in people and we didn't have those systems set up. Mm -hmm. So we actually upgraded our CRM. We bought into our CRM called Firepoint because it's team-based. Um, 
because we also want to know how the leads are being divided amongst the team members and who has what leads. And Firepoint is a great system for that. Um, it also allows you to send campaigns, video messages, all that type. I just love it. I'm sorry. I'm a fan of Firepoint. Love it. That was one thing we had to do. And also, even with hiring our EA, we had to make sure that she was um, qualified. And luckily, our first hire was very qualified. And that she's the one that actually helped us build out the systems that we needed to put in place. Systems such as how does a team member submit a contract? How do you submit a listing? Because we knew there were going to be multiple files coming in. Mm. And we actually were able to build it out through trial and error because of what was happening with me and my husband where we were returning and listings and stuff. And she actually built out the system for that where um, we use JotForm and our team members use JotForm that she created that basically has all the information that is needed to process either a listing or a contract. So everyone on the team now has to submit their contracts or listings on this job form. They all go directly to her and she starts processing it based on the information. Whereas before, when we were just using emails, things were getting lost in the sauce because she, I was like, didn't you get this? And she was like, no. And then she was like, okay, you know what? This has to stop. Mm -hmm. so, so we were just really intentional on building out a foundation before bringing in team members. So then when we actually yeah. started recruiting for team members, we had pretty good systems in place. I will admit we did have to tweak them a little bit because initially when we started the system, it was just built for two people, which was just my husband and me. But then oh, bringing yeah. 10 team members is like, <laughs> yeah, we need to change this up a little bit. <laughs> but, but yeah, it, I mean, it's been having a team. Oh my God, it's an amazing experience. The one thing I want to share with everyone when you're building a team, just be prepared to be a coach, a mentor, and a psychiatrist for your team. <laughs> you're, I'm serious. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I'm dead serious. But I mean, you also have to be the type of team leader that is learning-based because your team is coming to you for information and guidance and to help them grow their businesses. So you have to be constantly evolving and keeping up with what's going on in the market and, you know, going to a lot of CE classes or even conferences to make sure you're staying ahead of the industry curve so that you can train and coach your team members as well. And I think that's why they appreciate me and my husband. And one of the things I was intentional on was that I joined our local realtor board because what better way than to find out what's going on in the market and keeping up with it other than joining your local board association and being on you know, the committees. That way you know everything that's happening in your local market and naturally, um, I love I don't it. Know else to share. I, I think I share. <laughs> no, that's great. We actually had a couple of questions come in that I want to uh, get to. Mm -hmm. um, L L A James, they asked a little bit when we were talking about expires and fizzbos. Um, yes, any success with GeoSphere? So, like Geo Leads or Circle Prospecting, or should I go straight to expires and fizzbos? We do all three. We do okay. all three. So we do. So for me. Um, my prospecting schedule, honestly, I start with expires first. So I start calling expires at 8.15 a.m. in the morning um, because I want to be one of the first calls that's in. Reason being is I noticed when I started getting up a little bit earlier and calling earlier, the calls are not as harsh as calling at 9, 9.30 because by then they've had about 5, 10 people calling. You know, it's a nicer call. It's a warm. I may get, do you know what time it is? But it's not as nasty as when I call later. 
And right. then I call FISBOs and then I do circle prospecting last because for me, circle prospecting, it's an easier call because not a bunch of agents are calling or doing circle prospecting. So I already know that even if I call a prospect around 10 o'clock, I'm not going to be yelled at as opposed to calling an expired at 10 o'clock. So right. that's my order for my prospecting. Awesome. We call that lead stack. Like, so like oh. what, what order you, you call people? A lot of people do the exact same thing because mm-hmm. expireds are often, I mean, expireds and fizzbos kind of go hand in hand, but mm-hmm. expireds are really hard sometimes because yeah. they're angry. I mean, they, uh, they want to sell their house and they aren't, they haven't been able to. So mm-hmm. getting those calls out of the way first, and also mm-hmm. they're the hottest leads, right? Yeah. Like they want to sell. So, and then for sale by owners, which is pretty similar to that. Um, and then, like you said, circle prospecting, which is more like building your database yeah. and um, inviting people to open houses, stuff like that. And it's a warm up call. And they're like, girl, you know, you get someone to be like, girl, who told you I'm selling my house? I ain't selling my house. I was like, well, come to my open house. I want to meet you. You know, that's a fun call for me because you're getting yeah. to know the neighborhood. So yeah, I, that's how I, do it. I hope that helps. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he said, thank you. So awesome. Thank you for the time to call. Okay, yeah. great. You're so welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So one more question. So I know you talked a little bit about how you help organize everything. Um, I think it was called Fire Pro. What was it called? Fire Point. Yeah, that's the definition. Oh, well, <laughs> um, but Julia asked, she said, what tips do you have for staying organized when you manage so much? Um, Julia, do you have a bottle of wine? (laughs) (laughs) But all jokes aside, Julia, I rely heavily on my calendar. Um, I have a funny story for you guys. This actually really happened uh, because I'm the type of person, if it's not on my calendar, it truly does not exist. So there was a glitch in our Gmail calendar system yesterday and I missed two whole closings. And my clients call me like, where are you? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, we're in closing. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so I rely heavily on my calendar to stay organized. Um, 8.15 to 8, I was 815 to 10.30, 11-ish is blocked off every day, Monday to Thursday for my prospecting calls that I just mentioned. They expired the FISBOs. And then the circle prospecting, and then everything else happens after eleven. So I'm able to coach my clients, you know, deal with the members of my brokerage, go to closing. So everyone, my whole admin team knows that don't put anything on her calendar before eleven. But I have the time blocked off anyway. Except, except there's only one exception. If it's just a PITA paying in the A1 Square client, I just want to get rid of and get them out my life. So that's the only exception, which doesn't happen a lot. But otherwise, my mornings are blocked off for prospecting. And then after that on my calendar, I have everything scheduled for recruiting for new agents, for meeting with my current agents in my brokerage, um, you know, for meeting with the admin staff. Um, everything is blocked off on my calendar. That, mm. That's how I'm able to stay organized. Without it, my life would be in complete chaos. yeah she said I'm with you 100% so the bottle of wine too yeah (laughs) awesome well we're running out of time here but I did want to ask like one last question is there anything 
that you want to talk about, about being a managing broker, anything that you haven't already mentioned that is important for anyone who hopes to get there? Of course, the only thing I would say about being a managing broker is that it was such a huge responsibility. I mean, I knew what I was getting into, but now I'm like, wow, I'm really ultimately responsible for helping agents truly build their business. Hmm. And I think what helped with me going into a manager broker role is that a lot of the agents who are now in my brokerage, they've actually watched me over the years grow my business. And I'm really just taking everything that I've learned over the years and help them grow. And the one thing that has helped is that I've documented all my processes and systems along the way. Mm -hmm. So if this is something that you want to aspire to be, to be a single agent that goes to a team leader to imagine broker, start documenting all your systems and processes in place. Because I actually go back and refer to those tools that I've created years ago to help me coach my agents now in how to build successful businesses and careers. So I'm actually really, really glad that I have everything documented because when I coach them, I'm literally just coaching them off of stuff that I've done in the past to get my mm. business to where it is. So start documenting everything. It's going to be tedious to document it. I have everything saved in my Google Drive, but it's going to be worth it in the end where you can go back and, you know, um, look at everything you've done and just put it into your new business. So, I love it. Yeah. And it makes it more efficient and faster and and you can be a better leader, all that stuff. I think uh, is a great tip. Thank you so much. Uh, we do have, uh, Reagan said that she loves oh, you, loves your energy and expertise. Great podcast. Hey, Reagan, nice to meet you. And I mean, if y'all want to see me, I mean, if they follow me on Instagram, they'll really see my family life. Like, oh, yeah. No, Haley, before we go, I'm going to entertain them with this. My husband fell through the ceiling. And I, <laughs> on Monday, yeah, because I hear him, I'm working and I hear him screaming my name and I run upstairs and he's coming through the attic and then there's a big hole in my ceiling. So that is my life. And I think the agents love that they can, you know, oh, yeah. for my life. Yeah. I love that. Reagan said, girl, I will follow. So, <laughs> where can they find you? What's your um... Instagram? Yeah. Easy. It's my first name, Liselle, TaylorMade Broker. So Liselle Taylor, like my last name, made broker. So once they pull me up, yeah. Great. Hopefully you get a few more followers today. So. I know. But no, I hope you guys enjoyed this time. And of course, if you follow me and send me a DM, I'll be more than happy to answer any questions you may have about building a team or even just being a single agent. I'm here to help. So. I love it. Thank you so much, Lisa. This has been amazing. We'll have to have you back on because I think we could dive into so much more than we did today. I feel like this 30 minutes went by really fast. So this has been awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you to everyone that has been watching live with us and commenting. Thank you for your questions. And it's been awesome. We are here every week, Thursday, 1.30 Mountain Time. So we'll be here again next week. But again, thanks, Lisa. Thanks, everybody. And we'll see everybody next week. All right. Thanks, Haley. This was awesome. Have a good day, everyone. And happy fourth. Oh, yes. Happy fourth. Thank you. Bye.